This is essential. 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 This is essential audio. Hello and welcome to the Walk Podcast. My name is David Tiltman, and today we're talking about share of search. In late 2020, a number of studies showed a link between a company's share of organic search and its sales performance. And we featured share of search in a recent walk guide to new research in marketing. So how can marketers use this as a metric? And could this be a new way to prove the effectiveness of advertising? Here to discuss it with me today are James Hankins, founder of Visor Consulting, and Shan Biglione, head of strategy at Zenith New York. James, I'd like to start with you as in some ways you kick this off by publishing a very detailed analysis of share research last August. And then of course, a couple of months later, Les Binet published his own work. And what I want to start with really is definitions. When you're talking about share of search, what is it and what isn't it? Thank you very much. So what what is share of search? Share of search from, from my perspective is the output of some data manipulation from Google Trends. So Google Trends available to every business, every practitioner, everyone out there. If you type in a, a search term, it produces a uh, relative index of uh, interest in that search term. Now, share of search is derived from entering uh, a number of uh, different brands within category so that you have a relative uh, measure based on an indices. And then share of search is just a calculation using that data. It's, it's kind of as simple as that, which is, I suppose, why it's so interesting. And, and just to be clear here, we're talking about organic search. This has got nothing to do with paid search and, and, and stuff you, you buy from Google. No, it's, it's, it's all, uh, I suppose, behaviorally led. It's people who are typing in brand search terms and it's aggregated of those brand search. It's, it's absolutely uh, nothing to do with PPC. It's, it's an output. So explain why this is so interesting, because it, it does seem to have got a bit of uh, buzz about it. What's really interesting is it looks as though it's a remarkably accurate proxy for market share, which I always aggregate into one of the, the holy trinity of uh, business effectiveness alongside kind of profit and, 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 and revenue. But this one's the one that uh, is, is comparative. So if you view business as competition, this one is the one that allows you to identify whether you're winning against the competition. So it's, it's immensely important. So what are some of the applications of this that you've, you've laid out in your work? Because uh, there seems to be a few different ways you can use this. Yeah, um, I suppose the simple one is um, this data goes back until uh, 2004. Um, and whilst you're always going to uh, append some caveats to uh, that longer string of data, that allows you to view bit relative business performance over the last kind of 17 years, which is pretty, pretty impactful. It's also ultimately, if it's a proxy of, of, of market share, then, then it's a whole business performance metric. And you can align it uh, or look to uh, compare it against other inputs that you may or may not put into market. So advertising, marketing, uh, new product development, and new uh, supplier relationships. It kind of runs the gamut of, of potential input versus output analysis. When did you first notice this connection? So 
I had to think about well, I was, I was actually uh, going through my old files uh, the other day, and uh, it, it, it reminded me of this work I did with Paul Dyson. He's ex-D2D, set up D2D, and now he's set up his own company called Accelero. And we worked together back in 2012 on Coca-Cola. And we were using digital metrics as or leading indicators uh, for um, brand love. Coca-Cola obsessed with brand love, or certainly were back then anyway. And we together developed a, a model that uh, saw a relationship between brand searches and, and brand love. And that kind of set it off and, and I began just playing with the data after that point. But it was only uh, when I started kind of comparing it to SMMT data, so that's market share data from the motor industry in the UK, um, and also some client data in the potato snacks world, that I began to see a remarkable correlation between the market share data that was coming out from the official sources and um, this share of search measure that I, I'd been playing with. So it, it's been long in gestation, um, a lot of practice and praxis with it. And I suppose arguably you could tra trail it back to 2012 personally. Shan, I'd like to turn to you if I can, because back in October, November, when these studies started coming out, there was a lot of uh, speculation about how this data could and couldn't be used. And uh, you, you wrote a piece for us where you were very clear that share of search should be seen as an output, not an input. Can you expand on that? And what did you mean when you said that? Well, the, the reality is very simple. At the end of the day, a search volume is a measure of how the market perceives your brand right now, right? If, and if you can correlate to market share, and it's not something that you control yourself as a brand. And I think for anyone who works in search, we've all had um, those situations where a client comes in and it's like, look, my, my share of search is not high, please increase it. And they speak to the search team about it. They want the search performance marketing team to go and increase that. I, you know, we're, we're, we're all laughing a little bit, but I've, I've heard that many times and it still happens. And I think, because, I think it's because people confuse that between output and input. An input is something that we ourselves as marketers have a direct effect on. An output is just, this is the outcome of where, uh, of all the things that we do. And so share of search to the point that James was bringing up, it correlates with market share. And the way I look at share of search in this case, in this use case, it is basically a proxy, um, a potentially a perfect proxy in some instances, but it's the same way. You don't come and say to your search team, I want to increase my market share. You just like, you know, there are things that we try to, 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 to go, to go and, and modify here. So that's what I mean by input versus output. And I think some of the discussions we had um, in October was um, when Mark Ritson was coming up with this idea and his vision that maybe share of voice, which is a problem metric right now, which we struggle to measure effectively and is going to be increasingly the case. We're looking for potential alternatives to this or better ways to do it. The recommendation is, could we use share of search? And the difference is, well, share of voice, I have greater control of. I can control the budget. I This is an input for me to decide I want to be more or less. Um, share of search doesn't necessarily have that fluidity here. So that's, that's where the difference is. Not to say that we can play a little bit with it, and it's not a very interesting diagnostic tool to help us inform decisions, but it is an output. So how are you actually applying this within your work with clients at Zenith? 
So it's interesting because I find that it also depends on the market. And we've played with share of search for a little while. And uh, I'd say the more clients rely on search in their marketing, the more they pay attention to it. And, and one of the things we're starting to see now is, and what I think is interesting with the research is even categories where search might not be the primary channel, they can see some values kind of going into this. But there, there is usually there is kind of a spectrum. One is just getting a sense of where things are going. And we've created uh, C-suite dashboards where we'd come back to the to the, to, to the CMO and the CEOs, and they'll be able to see on a, on a monthly basis, this is the health of the brand, the business and whatnot. And that share of search is seen as the, one of the indicators that we uh, try to identify. The, the big gaps I've seen is that, um, you know, some markets like China tend to be much more advanced in in this case. Uh, the U.S. it's a hit and miss in my experience uh, uh, in terms of how people are utilizing this. But what I think is interesting is James and Les and some of the work they've done. Um, here's one little trick that is very important for people to understand. When you do share of search, what these guys do is is they look at rolling averages over a period of time. They don't just say like, hey, here's, what is my search volume right now versus brand A, B, C? Because one of the things I've seen very often used, and most brands do that, is they're going to look at those, hey, what's my search volume right now? And trying to kind of see, you know, how does that compare with the others? And there's a big difference there because there's massive fluctuations sometimes in search volumes de depending on, on the situations. And and I, I think, you know, the usage of share of search, um, even though the, 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 the metric is used, the methodologies is not necessarily the same across brands and clients. And I think there's an education that needs to happen as to how to do it in a way that matches what you're trying to do. Because there is a role for share of search and the point in time, just like, what is my search trends right now? Uh, there is a role for the rolling averages, kind of looking at things that helps you get a greater sense of what is the true longer health of, of, of what's going on with the marketing operations. I agree. I mean, that's... I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a statistician. I'm not a mathematician. Definitely not an econometrician like Les. What I am is a self-labeled strategist, and I've, I've, I've looked to apply these techniques, those rolling techniques, um, and I used to call it trajectory analysis. Really, really mouth, real mouthful there, um, to understand where brands were going. I was, and I, I developed techniques that that aligned it with kind of inputs. So, so share of voice, for example. I've also looked at share of social and share of PR actually, um, versus this share of search measure over time, and see whether there's correlations. Um, and kind of, I, I, I use the term relationships um, quite a lot. There seems to be a relationship here. Um, or the the ratio between these is moving in the right direction. That's where I've looked to apply it, and that's actually professionally what I'm doing um, quite a bit at the moment is the application of this with different businesses and 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 kind of educating them how to use it in in that way to diagnose what's happening in the category, how people are behaving with regards kind of I suppose growth levers because ultimately this can be converted into a change 12 month change in share of search and you can kind of go well we did this as a business we increased our investment in x and you can see almost uh, immediately sometimes a a, a response um, to that and then you track it over time yeah and i think it's critical because every brand to some extent at some point looks at share of search they just don't look at it with the same methodologies and i think some of the great progress we're seeing right now is the methodologies are looking at it in a different way and let's be clear i mean i remember working on the movie industry 10 15 years ago and google were working on you know how could they model 
box office based on on search on, on search and using predictive models. It's not easy. I mean, and, and I think there's a reason that Google were pretty happy to work with people like Les, for instance, to try to figure out how to model those things in a better way. Because it's just not as straightforward as like, hey, take your search volumes from Google Trends, compare with the other brands, see where you are, compare them. There is use for that, but and many brands do it. But I think there's more to it, and this is where we're going to see the work that James is doing, that Les is introducing, is, is having a bit of more of an impact. And I'm very curious to see where this is going. So let's just unpack that a little bit, um, because we've talked about the, the the key here being the connection between share of search and share of market, and and how the two of them seem to to move together. Um, how does that vary between things like category, between different size of brand, between different type of brand? Uh, where are you seeing the nuances here, James? So ultimately, I suppose um, <clears throat> it's very much like the uh, the Ehrenberg Institute's uh, double jeopardy. Jeopardy. Uh, big brands uh, generate more search. Is is ultimately kind of what 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 we're seeing here. Now, what I've seen in terms of category variations, um, one of the biggest challenges to this was uh, CPG or FMCG. Um, the question was always, oh, but no one searches for crisps. And no one, no one searches for, for makeup. Well, they do. We don't know the exact volumes because Google don't tell us, but the, uh, the volumes are relative to the size of the business. So you do get a correlation within those categories. Now, as I've built up more of a bank of different category analysis, um, I've begun to see bands. So what's really interesting about FMCG is that it seems to have when you're looking at just a, a linear correlation using simple, you know, Excel tools and techniques, um, it seems to have an R squared uh, of about between 0.6 and 0.7, which is which is reasonably strong. Anything over 0.5 is is good. You probably wouldn't use it to uh, put your your house on it. Um, you certainly uh, wouldn't gamble uh, gamble on Robin Hood with that sort of knowledge. But the trajectory would be you'd be comfortable with the trajectory. Uh, and what it's telling you, i.e. you're likely to see an increase in kind of share of market over time. Digital brands, comparison websites, um, uh, brands like that are, are a lot stronger. Retailers are very strong. Um, you're talking up in the 0.8, 0.9s. So there is variation. And I think I've been talking about it a lot recently is around, <clears throat> it's, it's all very well kind of taking my word for it or Les's word for it, but actually one of the most important techniques linked to share of search is the validation task. So the first, pretty much the first thing you do within your category is to validate it. So I often validate it using publicly available kind of sources of data, revenue from company reports, <clears throat> published accounts, et cetera, et cetera, and validating the data and understanding what the relationship is. Now, in order to do that, you really have to get under the skin of the business. You really have to read the financial pages of the company reports. It's no good kind of reading the strategic summary. It's page 70 onwards is where you get the rich stuff. And that forces you into kind of questioning and asking the right questions um, and going, well, why, why does this differ? Why has that brand got a higher share of search than its share of market? Why has that brand got a lower one? Why does this category spit out this sort of relationship? That to me, this validation task, that's the the real the really interesting bit. The bit I 
get an excited thrill about basically because you learn so much because you have to learn so much because don't don't just take my word for it and Les's word for it Shan's word for it you do the work you understand the category much much better I mean I, I do have a difference in I know there's talk about it as a an effectiveness measure or a predictive measure um, I use it as a diagnostic measure which is which is slightly different would you see share of search as a way to evaluate the effectiveness of advertising that you're putting into the market? Does it have that usage? It can. Ah, the, 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 the perfect phrase for strategy. It depends. It certainly can. This is another benefit of the, uh, the share of search is that much market share data is expensive and difficult to get hold of, which means that lots and lots of brands don't include it um, within, say, econometrics. Uh, marketing mix modeling. Very few include it actually that I've seen. Now, obviously you could, if you're paying that much money for MMM, use share of search in those those uh, kind of calculations as well and see see whether there is a relationship. So there are definitely ways of using it as an effectiveness measure. But um, again, there are, there are so many caveats, good caveats, interesting caveats, that it's it's not a silver bullet. I would never say it's a silver bullet. So this is where I have a gripe with it, uh, James, a little bit, is that what we're basically saying is we're saying we can use it to replicate market share potentially, but it's not perfect. Now I hear you that, you know, not every brand has the budget to do it, but generally, I mean, in my experience, most brands with sensible budgets that we tend to operate with tend to have some of those reports. And those that tend to be into the MMM type attribution and whatnot tend to be in there. And, and sometimes this part of me that just wonders, are we solving for the stuff that doesn't need to be solved? Um, uh, and and I, I hear the argument of, you know, if you're a smaller brand or you don't have the budget or your market cannot really track share of market, then fine, let's, let's go and explore it. It's great. But otherwise, it feels like it's a lot of watch outs and caveats and things for something that could be sold by something else <laughs> that exists and has been there. A little bit like, you know, when Aaron Bergbass came and said 40, 40 of the brand metrics you measure could be explained by a single one. So why do you bother measuring the other ones type thing? So I think there's kind of a question that I have there, because for me, the, the beauty of search analysis, and we can go into this a bit later, is not just about the share of search. I think this is, we're just scratching what's actually deepening for understanding category. I think I think with effectiveness, everyone wants perfection. They do, and because they want to de-risk. I I don't want to do myself down. I, share of search isn't perfection. Both you and Les Binet, as you say, have have come out with studies that look into this relationship, and there's lots of overlap between the two. But are there any areas where where you you don't quite agree, or you're you're coming to different conclusions? So uh, Les's uh, wonderful chart on uh, the predictive nature of um, share of search in motor is probably the place where we have the greatest distance. Um, I'm not saying it's not or it can't be predictive, but I haven't seen it in the wild. It may, may be uh, in, other, in other categories. There may be a predictive element to it, but I see it moving almost especially the way that I roll it 12 month rolling in lockstep with with market share and that is the same as Ehrenberg as Sham points out Ehrenberg's kind of you don't need to measure all these soft measures because they all 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 work with penetration and market share that's currently how I see share of share of search 
that's what I've seen in practice, i.e. doing it. And that's probably the biggest biggest opportunity for, for research and for practitioners out there is to kind of, as I said, with validation, get your data scientists on it, see whether it does like within your category. And then if it does, what's, what's your lead? Because it's probably not useful if it's one week lead. <laughs> probably not useful in two or three you've it's got to be it's interesting at that point but probably not applicable to go right okay well we're going to change our whole production and fulfillment uh, back end because we know that sheriff search is telling us in three weeks time we're going to see a spike in in sales as represented by market share so yeah that's the biggest bit that we we don't fall out over <laughs> That would be silly, but that's the biggest difference in the conclusions that we've both made. Shan, I'd like to come to you. Where do you see this research heading next? I think the most exciting part will be the short-term, long-term uh, dynamic that you can see there. Because one of the beauties of, of search is it's a real-time metric. Uh, versus market share is most of the time a delay metric. And I think if you have a category where people have to come to your brand website and whatnot to order it, you get a good sense of the impact of your marketing in the short term. But for many businesses, there's a lag between the moment it's happening and the moment it's 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 really seen or measured in, in the diagnostics tools. And so what I think is interesting is once we have established that the rolling averages and the models and the long the longitudinal view of share of search is giving us a direction of where the business is going, the next step for a, corp a corporation is immediately, all right, let's try to find a way so that share of search is tracked on a daily basis. Are we doing something that is helping us boost that share of search? Now, a big caveat here is it can be gamed. And I have seen people gaming it in the past. I've mentioned that sometimes we eat for C-suite reporting. I have seen organizations, I'm not gonna name them, but I've seen organizations where people have employed people to boost organic search volume by having bots and whatnot searching for their brand so that the CEO would feel like, great, you guys have done a good job. It is possible. So like every measure, be careful and make sure that there's not a culture of making someone happy at the top. However, what I think is interesting is that if you can crack that code or understand the correlation between this short term and long term and how all those little spikes you're able to make are able to move in the, in the, in the future, I think there's going to be some interesting dynamics to do much more real-time analysis of the performance of, of the marketing we, we produce. Because, you know, we've seen it. Like, we know that when you have something on TV, for instance, share goes up. Um, can we find out how that works in others? If we know that search volume is that indicative, then it's going to be very, very practical. So that, that modeling next for me will be fascinating to see. So when we do things happening in the short term, by what, at what moment does it really start making an impact in the long term? I think it's going to be quite, quite interesting to see. In terms of... Uh where I'd like this to go. I, I'm on record of saying that um, I think there's a really interesting place it can go in overcoming the bias that we see in places like the IPA data bank. So that's based on the winners, essentially, the best. What we have now is a comparative data source that we can analyze the losers as well can we bundle up the kind of response to new DTC brands as a, as a, as a group of brands and go, well, well, how quickly is there any commonalities between their growth rates? So I've um, 
looked at one kind of DTC brand in the UK, services brand. And uh, I equalized their uh, their kind of cumulative growth rates by, by brand. And they all rose identically doing different things, which would suggest that there's just a natural kind of growth rate to that category. So if you were entering it, then as long as you were present, uh, then then you would probably see that. Now, that won't be the same in all different categories, but... It's about looking for those sorts of things. Can you use this metric now to begin to create case studies that aren't infected by survivorship bias? And one, one last thing I think would be super interesting is how we dive deeper, because right now we're talking of share of search in terms of brand versus brand, right? But there's going to be dynamics within search terms, which is also very interesting to, to identify. So a lot of the work that I had seen being done was around within a certain set of categories, how do people research it was a fascinating insight about what kind of messaging do we need to put out there? What kind of content do we need to deliver? Uh, what kind of uh, uh, bets do we need to make for validating those kind of demands? Because there is there is areas that are very fashion driven or where things could move very, very fast, um, where it's very valuable to have that. So I wonder if there's going to be ways for the share of search to go that level deeper, look beyond the brand and start looking within the type of ways people think. Are they looking for Q&As? Are they looking for a certain type of superiority? Are they looking for other aspects that shape the discovery of the brand? I think it's going to be interesting. And the last thing I was going to say is right now we're talking a lot about share of search through Google. And one of the limitations of share of search is we know search behaviors are shifting a bit as well. So I think Google still has enough representativity to make it work. But the reality is if people move to e-commerce, move to other places, how can we make sure we capture the full amount and the full gamut of where search is happening? Might be both important for the metric, but also for the marketers to not get blindsided. I, I agree. I've seen um, share of search actually change in definition um, over a period as, as a category has evolved. And uh, one of the techniques allows you to see this, the, the S curve or the, the, the rate of growth of, of the category. Um, one of the categories that I've analyzed, there's, there's two S curves. The moment where a, a new S-curve starts in theory is kind of a transformational shift of that category. And you can actually, you can see that happen. What's also happened is what share of search meant before and after that transformational shift um, happened also changes. Uh, and that, that that's one of these things where you, you, unless you do the analysis and the validation and you look into it and you question, you wouldn't get if you were just churning it out and reporting it. So I suppose that's the watch out with this this kind of technique is it, it's not just a question of producing it, it's understanding it as well. I'm sure there are lots of people out there listening to things like this or reading your papers and, and, and wanting to try this out for themselves. So so what should the first step be? First step should be this this validation. So get your, I mean, uh, Wark have got the step by step. It's also uh, the the first paper or a similar paper is also on my blog. Structure the data, but then validate it. So go and find a source that gives you revenue, because that's what I typically use, or or gives you the actual you know market share, but the limited market share. What we often see is that maybe brands have got it on a quarterly basis from one of the big research companies. Compare those points against what you've got from your share of search data, your structured data, and see how close it is. That's 
absolutely the first step you should be doing. You should be validating that it works within your category because that will help you then sell it into stakeholders anyway within the business. Um, if you don't have that, I imagine that there would always be questions about it because everyone believes that their category is unique. Shan, how would you advise clients? For those who want to do this next, yeah, I mean, definitely speak to people like uh, like James. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's um, it's super important to try to play, to look at the data. The beauty of this is the data is there, as in like, you know, you, there's, there's historical data in the systems. You hopefully have some data about the performance of your business for the last two years, and you can actually, you can have a play and you can see how it behaves in the, in the past to get a sense of like, is it worth exploring or not? So that's a good place to start. I'd say another part is um, a lot of brands have brand trackers that include search and social and whatnot. And I think it's just you know, have have a discussion with the teams who run those trackers and just make sure that you know you have an open uh, chat about you know are we doing enough? Do we model enough? Do we look at it maybe are we a bit maybe uh, short sighted in terms of like how we try to expand the the impact this metric is, is having on our business because i think there's a lot of people out there who, who track their share of search quote unquote but don't necessarily apply it in a way that's going to be robust enough for it to be that useful for the business and it's it's an extra step that is required for you to get there so i think you can get great 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 benefits for this thank you it's a great place to finish thank you james thank you shan well do check out walk for more on this topic and in particular that january walk guide i mentioned at the start thank you for listening <laughs>